It's time for Tiger Talk on Double K Country, which is our weekly discussion of Nevada Tiger Athletics. Tiger Talk is brought to you by Compass Health Network, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, First National Bank, Max Motors, Sutherland's Home Base, Smith Insurance, 54 Feed and Seed, Buzz's Barbecue, Ferry Funeral Home, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, Nevada Chiropractic Clinic, R&R Equipment, Nevada Family Dentistry, The Plumbing Shop, and Briggs Auto. Now let's join the voice of the Nevada Tigers, Mike Harbett, for Tiger Talk. Hey, welcome everybody to Tiger Talk tonight on this Wednesday night. I appreciate you joining us. It's time once again to talk Nevada High School Athletics. More specifically, we'll talk Nevada Tiger and Lady Tiger basketball tonight with head coaches Blake Harth of the Lady Tigers along with Tiger head coach Sean Gray. And also Ben Aberg has his conversation with head wrestling coach Forrest Drury in our final interview segment on the program. A very pleasant good evening to you. I'm Mike Harbin, voice of the Tigers. Appreciate you joining us for another edition of the Nevada Tiger Talk program. We'll take it for our first time out. We'll come back. We'll talk girls basketball. Nevada Lady Tiger basketball coach Blake Howarth out of this time out on Tiger Talk. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse is more than just barbecue. They offer a 60-person banquet room and can cater your next event. They have a full menu in-house and can customize limited menus catered specifically to your needs. So schedule your next event at Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse or just come by and have a great meal. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse, which is the Nevada Tigers' good luck. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse at 2500 East Austin in Nevada. Call 667-4227. That's 667-4BBQ. When it comes to raising cattle, the path to profit is paved with great nutrition. And great nutrition is what you get when you choose Purina. Come to 54 Feed and Seed and ask what we can do to boost your bottom line by improving your herd's health. Start with our number one selling product, Avela 4 Tubs. Nothing compares to the unique formulation of chelated minerals all wrapped up in a bright red tub. Look for the checkerboard at 54 Feed and Seed west of Nevada on Highway 54. Happy New Year from Briggs Auto and Fort Scott. A new year means a new ride. It's time to upgrade with a new or quality pre-owned vehicle. With over 800 new and pre-owned available, I'm sure we have the perfect vehicle for you. Nine new car franchises all in one location here in Fort Scott or online at BriggsAuto.com. Financing available for all with no payments due till April. That's right, April. So let's start the new year with a new ride at Briggs and Fort Scott. Compass Health Network has multiple open positions across Missouri, and we're looking for you. If you're an integrated health specialist, substance use counselor, mental health therapist, nurse, or dental hygienist, we want to talk to you today. Compass Health Network offers competitive pay and benefits, and we provide extensive training and professional development opportunities to assist you along your career path. Join us and make a difference in your community. Visit careers.compasshealthnetwork.org and apply today. That's careers.compasshealthnetwork.org. Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on KDM and KNMO. Mike Carpet here with you. Thanks for joining us uh, here this evening. I'll start you off with Nevada Lady Tiger Basketball. First of all, as always, and that includes, uh, of course, head coach Blake Howard. That's Lady Tigers played last week at the later Raider, the Raider Four State Classic and Frontenac coming back with a second place finish. Good finish for Nevada, especially considering some of the past results in that yep. tournament. And, uh, the Lady Tigers now, uh, racking up the wins after, uh, the week, uh, end up now sitting at 15 and four and now in a little bit of a, a lull in their schedule until they get back at it next Monday. So, uh, Blake, all in all, uh, obviously is, uh, we'll talk about each game individually, but, uh, a good tournament. Uh, and again, uh, considering 
read some of the history you've had over there. Yeah, and I think that's that's spot on, Mike. Is it was a, a really good tournament for us uh, this year from the the past years. Uh, you know, that was one of our team goals to start the year was one to, to get a win over there uh, this week or I guess this week uh, that tournament. That was the first time in, in my head coaching career that I actually got a win in the Frontenac <laughs> tournament. So, uh, very proud that the girls set that goal. And then after we set the one goal, we wanted to get at least two. Uh, you know, and so we didn't know if that was going to be the championship, into the championship game or even playing for third, uh, that we could possibly get that, that second win. But I thought our girls did a great job of going over there, three really tough schools, Mike, and competing and representing our basketball program really well. Well, Nevada does finish on the run rest spot. We might as well get that out. Get this little nugget out there before we get into the tournament. Nevada's Clara Swearingen uh, voted as the most valuable player. Uh, it's not often you see the second place team get the MVP. Granted, those votes are turned in prior to that championship game being played, so you have to, that does have to be considered. But obviously, she was impressive enough uh, to the other coaches to get those votes because you can't vote for your own player. Yeah, exactly. And so, with that being said, Mike, that just goes back to what we've been talking about, Clara Swearingen, and who she is as a player, and and the time that she's put into. Her her game uh the stuff that she does it, it, it doesn't go unnoticed uh you know she is selfless or selfless she is selfish not sorry <laughs> she's unselfish in the state of of being out there on the floor and she's doing whatever she can to make her teammates better and so when she does that mike it's going to stand out uh the first i think three times that we uh scored down there against blue spring stands out to me because clara was was creating for her teammates and when you got a player like that that not only can score and and score at will like she's capable of doing but she's getting her other teammates involved and so whenever that happens we're a a very dangerous team and we saw that in the first half against blue springs uh and, and so unfortunately you know she got in foul trouble but uh they're late in that game uh but uh, that's just a huge congratulations to, to clara and you know we're very appreciative of, of having her on this team and and the things that she brings to this team uh but for her to, to accomplish that as a junior mike there was a lot of good girls over there and a lot of good competition so uh clara's done a, a lot of things to put her in that position so uh, very proud for her and of her, and a uh, huge shout out, and, and uh, just wanted to tell her congratulations for that. Absolutely, and, and there's only five players selected. When you have eight teams in a tournament, only five players are selected for the all tournament team. That's a pretty exclusive club, and it's a hard team to make. Yeah, and I mean, once again, it's one. It's tough just because of the the, the teams that are in this tournament and and one how uh we've competed over there you know we really haven't competed very well the last couple of years and so for us to go over there and and make some noise and then and then uh get one of our girls coming out as the tournament mvp that's huge and so I, once again I, i'm proud of of how we competed getting the two tough wins and then also uh, you know very proud of claire and, and being named the tournament mvp well nevada started to play in the tournament uh, last thursday against bartlesville oklahoma Ladies Bruins coming in, a low-scoring game. Nevada wins at 38-34. We talked on Tiger Talk last week. Expected a, a physical game, a knockdown drag out, so to speak, and uh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean, just from the film that we watched, I mean, uh, you know, our path in this tournament was was a 
a difficult one. Uh, you know, I, I bring up the sizing of classes uh, just to compare, uh, you know, and, and talking to some of the, the Bartlesville parents uh, after games, uh, you know, they, they were very complimentary of our girls, but um, they're a classic school at Oklahoma, Mike, and, and the way they play and the teams that they play against, you saw that. They were quick. They were aggressive. Uh, we talked about the physicality going into that game, and, you know, they didn't they didn't shy away, even with the Kansas calling uh, fishing. They, they didn't shy away from that, and so uh, I thought our girls did a, a great job in that game of handling the pressure, uh, and then our defense, you know, they had two girls uh, that really stood out, 13 and 3. You know, 3 was a set shooter in the corner. She hit a couple, which set shooters are going to do so, but uh, I think it's her last name, Chambers. Uh, three is K.K. Duncan. She was the three-point shooter, and, and Micah the, Chambers was the player yeah. that you're talking about as well. Chambers on the inside, Mike, she she's a force. She did an, an awesome job. Uh, you know, she she pushed our girls. Uh, there was times where, you know, we were out of position and we had to readjust and and uh, I thought our girls, as the game went on, did a good uh, did a good job, a better job uh, from the start to the end against her. And you know that was a deciding factor there late in the game was rebounding and and keeping her off the glass. Clara Swearingen with 16 points lead the way in that game. 12 points for Maddie Majors. Yeah, all three opponents you faced. There wasn't a slouch in the group that you, that you <laughs> nope. faced in, uh, in that three-day tournament, including on Friday, a team that you're going to see now on Monday. So we'll kind of combine this conversation. Uh, the Frontenac Lady Raiders, uh, they only had one loss coming into the game on uh, Friday that you saw them in the winner's bracket semifinals. 58-55, they got a three-pointer uh, late uh, uh, from uh, Pyle to make it a three-point margin at the end. It's okay. Yeah, so Point seven, you might as well use it. Uh, but uh, anyway, fifty-eight, fifty-five was the final event, a three-point win. But uh, again, not an easy game by any stretch. Nine-point lead though, going into the final quarter, and then uh, they started to make their run. You able to hold them off? Yeah, and, and that's the thing that stood out to me, even going back and, and watching our film. And I, I got a couple more films for when we play them on Monday. Um, the, the way that Frontenac fights, they just don't stop. And so when you got a team, even when it's at nine, they're not worried about the score. They continue to play very physical on the defensive end. Mike, that was probably the most physical game, one that we played, but two I've ever seen allowed in Kansas. Uh, <laughs> usually you don't see that. It's pretty touchy, and, you know, we're in foul trouble because of how physical we are. Uh, you know, and so going over there, we talked about that, the, the way that they kind of called, uh, throughout the night before. We, I felt like our girls adjusted to it. And then our girls had to completely 180 into the physicality of the front net game. And so I thought the first half, you know, our girls that we were kind of in the adjustment period. And then you saw in the third quarter, when we came out, uh, Kara did a great job with, with matching that physicality. Uh, Abby, Katie Johnson, I thought they did a good job matching the physicality. Um, and so, Showing up to practice yesterday, Mike, our girls had bruises. <laughs> Every one of them were, were bruised on their arms, shoulder, legs. Uh, and so it just goes to show the, the physicality that Frontenac had and the fight that they had. And they had it, you know, from, from start to finish. And so, uh, you know, our, our girls matched that, that we were able to compete. And, you know, like the, the girl did hit a, a shot there with .7 seconds left. But uh, we scratched out a really good one, a really tough one. Uh, and that's what we needed were to play teams like that, but then uh, to continue to play, uh, I, I guess, competitive because, you know, there's times where I feel like we get up and, and we get that lead and here comes this team and we just try to weather it. We, we try not to lose. 
lose. And, you know, we saw that again on Friday night. And those are things that we got to do a better job of as a group is understanding that we're the better team. We have the lead. Take care of the basketball. We had some silly turnovers. Uh, and then we missed some free throws late too, Mike. And mm-hmm. so, uh, we need to, we need to be able to capitalize off that and definitely knock down the free throws, but value the basketball late. Yeah, it was the free throw line that actually did you favors in the game against Bartlesville that kept that two possession lead that you needed to get that four point win. Well, the free throw line wasn't as kind on Friday and it kind of kept Frontenac in the game and gave them an opportunity to come back. And then Handy Pyle, a senior, uh, 28 points in the ball game. Uh, uh, she had a couple of, uh, high 20s uh, in, in games in that tournament. Uh, uh, she looks like she'll be playing somewhere at the next level, but you're going to see her again on Monday. So uh, when you see Hattie Pyle again on Monday, do you do anything different to try to slow her down? We do. And I, I think, you know, for the most part in the second half, I thought we did a better job whenever we went to just straight face guarding her. We slowed down their attack, and I felt like that's whenever we were able to extend our lead. And so something that we've been working on this week and we're going to continue to do uh, is a box and one. Uh, you know, when you have a player with her, uh, capacity and what she can do and contribute to, uh, we gotta be able just to stop that. Uh, Frontenac is a very downhill team. Uh, they wanna get to the basket and then even try to create a foul and they're, they were strong enough. Uh, the Powell girl was, she was a, a beast on the inside and, and did a good job of finishing through contact and got several and ones. And so whenever that happens, we, we'll, we'll go to a box and one and, and just, Clog the lane. Make somebody on the outside. Uh, you know, they, they hit a couple threes, but I don't think they have, I, I say that knock on wood, they'll probably shoot lights out against us on Monday, Mike. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think they have enough three point presence to, to keep them in the game like we do. Uh, and so we got to be aware of that. Yeah, Annie Lee was actually the player that hit those two threes, and uh, those were the only threes that they had uh, from a player who wasn't named Hattie Pyle or, or Kenley Lakey. Uh, now, Frontenac, and again, we're talking about Monday coming up now. We're kind of, I know we're kind of taking this out of order, but since we're talking about Frontenac for Friday, we're going to see them on Monday. Might as well combine the two conversations. Frontenac's going to stay right there and say, you know, that's a game we gave away because they missed 10 consecutive free throws, eight of those in a row in the third quarter, and then the first two of the fourth quarter, 10 consecutive misses. I don't know, especially a team like that. I mean, that, that has to be an anomaly. I don't know if I've ever seen a team do that. And, and they lose by three. So they're going to look at that one stat right there. Yeah. And, th- and that's what we talked about, uh, as a coaching staff and with our players is, you know, they're going to, they're going to think that they, they have us right where they want us and, and come out and one, I mean, we beat them in their tournament on their floor and, and now we're going back over there. Uh, so you know that maybe the, the rivalry atmosphere will be there. But our girls got to understand that the players that that beat or that kept them, I guess, in the game and, and gave them possibly a chance uh, were those two, number five and number 15. And we got to do a better job of boxing out, Mike. We did not box out very well that night. And so uh, that's something that we're going to really focus on here this week of practice is rebounding and then that boxing one and really slow down their attack. Frontenac did get beat by Fort Scott on Saturday morning in the girls' third place game. Fort Scott's got a very good, very good basketball team as well on the girls' side. But Nevada did win that. That went 58 to 55, uh, 24 in the game for Clara Swearingen and Maddie Majors with 13. And pretty bad scoring, though. Kara Phillips had a big second half. Uh, she ends up with nine, uh, just shy of double digits. And I thought she had a good tournament. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought so too, Mike. And, and like I said, that second half, Clara, or not Kara, 
Clara, Kara really sparked us. Uh, and so I felt like that's something that we were able to feed off of and we need to do a, a, a good job of the next time we play them. It, it's just having that spark from the get-go. Uh, you, you know, Kaylee Holcomb, uh, and we'll talk about this in the Blue Springs game, but, you know, she's going to be one that's going to be a box and one, and she's going to have to be a chaser, uh, on the piles girl. And so, uh, we got our work cut out, but we got girls, Mike, that are very capable of spreading the scoring and taking that pressure off of Claire and Mads. All right, so you moved to the championship game on Saturday afternoon against the defending champions, the Lady Wildcats of Blue Springs. They were seven and six coming in, but again, play a very large school schedule uh, in Class Six in Missouri. So you certainly have to take that in consideration. Got one of the better players around the Kansas City area, Kaylee Jenkins, and they got a couple of others that are not too shabby either. In Nicole Schnell and uh, Jayla Cornelius, uh, Cornelius, I was really impressed with during that tournament. Uh, she had fourteen on Saturday, uh, but uh, they pick up the win, fifty-five forty-four. Interesting game. You talk about uh, how uh, physical the games were on Thursday and Friday. Well, you you couldn't touch a feather and not get a foul called on Saturday. So a uh, very tough day. Clarice Warrington fouled out, uh, fought foul trouble. Uh, Maddie Majors four fouls. It was uh, it was a difficult day. I mean, the, the I mentioned to you on this on Saturday, officials set the tone of what was going to be called when they called a foul on Matty Majors in the first 15 seconds of the game, and it wasn't anything really out of the ordinary. And, and they didn't waver from that. And and I made the comment during the game that players have to adjust. I mean, it wasn't a one-off. They did it the entire ball game. Yeah, I think for the most part, Mike, I, I, Maddie adjusted. And obviously, mm-hmm. she was able to weather that. And, and even you know down the stretch where she did get four, uh, she continued to play through that. Um, yeah, you didn't have to foul late, so. Yeah, and then we started, we started to foul late. And so, I mean, that, that 11 point loss, uh, ex- extended with free throws. And, you know, they were a good free throw team, knocked them down. Uh, and so, you know, the, the score sounding, you know, hearing that we lost by 11. Sounds, it was a one point game at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, it sounds worse than it actually is. Our girls, our girls competed very tough uh, against a, a larger school. And so very proud with that. But the officials definitely set the tone. Especially after the first two nights and now we had to play. And once again, I talk about the bruising. There was no bruising happening on Saturday, Mike. But, but um, you know, I, I, I think we hit a wall a little bit. You could tell that Blue Springs in the first half, we were really pushing them. At, at points, Mike, even in late in the game, they were walking the ball up the floor. And you could tell that their best player, the Jenkins girl, she wanted no part of that. I thought we did a good job, and that's why I brought up Kaylee Holcomb earlier, was because, you know, Clara got in foul trouble. Claire had to sit. I don't know how many minutes she actually played in the second half, but of the 16, Mike, I bet she wasn't on for for more than maybe four or five minutes, if that. Uh, And so when the caliber player, you you have the MVP of the tournament sitting on your bench the second half, whenever Blue Springs is making their run, uh, that's what's going to happen. They're going to be able to take that lead and extend it, and they did so. But, um, you know, Kaylee Holcomb did a a great job on the Jenkins girl. Uh, I don't know what she's averaging, Mike, but I think she finished with 15. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a huge height uh, mismatch. And at one point, Kaylee Holcomb took a shot in the nose and was actually bleeding uh, during a timeout. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to stop that to keep her on the floor. And she played with with the tissue shoved up her nose, Mike. That just goes to show how tough and and good of a kid Kaylee Holcomb is. So I I don't want that to go unnoticed. But 
the Cornelius girl, you know, for the most part, I thought, I thought Maddie did a really good job on her. Uh, it just came back to height advantage, you know. Maddie, we allowed her to get a little lower, uh, than we wanted to. And then the Cornelius girl, I, I really believe that she probably is 5'6 or 5'7. She did a good job of, uh, keeping the ball high and away from us. And she was able to finish over the top of, of Maddie. But, you know, Maddie continued to try and, and keep her out. And I thought for, like I said, the first three quarters, Maddie did a good job. And then, in the fourth quarter, you could just tell that the Cornelius girl said, all right, I'm done with this, and, and literally just put her shoulder down. She had a great Euro step, Mike. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I think that was the, the difference maker uh, there. And, and, you know, not having the box in one put in there, uh, that that's something that we could have done too. We knew that Cornelius wanted to get downhill, and the Jenkins girl was their best player. We could have went to a box in one on, on Saturday in the championship game late. But that's not something that we've worked on or, or had in. And so just throwing a random defense out there is probably going to be worse than just sticking to what we know and what we've been doing. So uh, we, we take this week, and that's what we're working on, things that we can improve ourselves uh, for in, in the rest of our season, and that's what we're doing this week. Very competitive game. It had six ties and uh, six lead changes along the way. Very competitive, as I mentioned, only a one-point game at the end of the third quarter, 40-39, and Blue Springs kind of got away late in that ball game. But still, good performances for Nevada, 17 for Majors, um, 11 for Carrie. Swearings and uh, Clara Swearings, and we'll get back to her in a second. But Katie Johnson may have had the best quarter I've seen. I don't know how long. Uh, Thirteen points, all of them in the second quarter, and uh, was just on fire. Mike, we don't talk <laughs> about Katie Johnson and scoring. We talk about her rebounding, her hustle, the way that she goes after loose basketballs. Katie Johnson had a great second quarter, uh, and we needed that. I, you know, I don't know how many points we scored in the second quarter, but I think uh, eighteen, eighteen, and she had thirteen of those eighteen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the, the way that we were playing, though, Mike, that's why that was able to happen. Uh, we were able to attack, and we were making extra passes. Blue Springs wasn't rotating to uh, to the the ball movement, and then we made that extra pass to Katie Johnson, who was wide open underneath. Uh, you know, thankfully. Katie Johnson was able to knock down those bunnies that we've struggled with at times. And, and so the, the one though that, that and one she had late where, uh, she spun and, and threw up a, a little right-handed hook. That still stands out to me. And, and, you know, I'm just, I'm happy that, that she had that opportunity. Uh, because once again, we don't talk about her scoring. We talk about maybe even taking a step back behind the three-point line and counting it as one more, you know, but that you just don't change your shot. And so, uh, the one thing that you can always count on with Katie Johnson is her, her effort. And, you know, I love that she continued to play with effort and then continued to knock down shots when we needed her big time in the second quarter. Unfortunately, we went away from that. It seemed like we got real stationary in the second half, and uh, we got we, we to gotta continue to attack and create because Blue Springs didn't change anything. We really slowed down the momentum of that game, and we got to continue to have our foot on the gas and go. One player we haven't talked about and uh, is Abby Hathman, and she didn't score a lot during the tournament, but uh, she had other things she had to worry about. Uh, a lot of other things <laughs> she had to worry about. She was doing everything else for us, Mike, uh, even even to bringing the ball up. And, you know, and, and we could continue to talk about this with Abby and, and, and you know I've had conversations with her too. Her sophomore year Mike, honestly we did not want her to bring the ball up and so <laughs> it was Abby, you know, we need you to rebound, take care of the basketball and if you can knock down some shots here and there do so because Abby is actually a really good shooter. Uh, you know, we, we miss that uh, at times with her because of the other scorers with Maddie and Clara that, that they get uh, a lot of that recognition because of how well they shoot the ball but you know Ab, Ab had a, a lot on her plate 
and so scoring wasn't really her focus. Uh, there was a lot of presence on the inside and physicality that she had to take care of for us. And, you know, Abby is our, our leading rebounder. Uh, and so she had her work cut out in just that aspect of the game. And so, uh, super proud of, of her too. Uh, besides the, the tip ball that went out of bounds to start the Blue Springs <laughs> game. And you always talk about her flying around like Superman. And there goes Abby Hefman <laughs> flying around like Superman again. So you, you just, you don't take that stuff out of players. You know, I, I wish we would have said no, 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 or tip, or call mm. tip, or something like that. So she wasn't sacrificing her body into yeah. the wall. Yeah. But once again, you, you don't, you, you can't coach toughness and hustle and and our girls have that and super proud of, of abby for that too yeah and obviously she didn't know the ball was tipped and was just trying to do everything she could at that point but uh it's easy to see from the bleachers where i was sitting well that but then you know going back and, and re-watching that film mike blue springs tipped it and there was three girls as the ball hits inbounds that just stood there didn't even try to save it so she was like they didn't try to save it so i didn't think it was tipped and i was like okay wait a second Clara's not <laughs> when she airballs they're long they're not short and so you got to understand that if it's short it's been tipped and so uh that that goes back to communication and we just we just got to be able even Clara if she gets her shot t- shot tip she could be yelling tip 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 mm-hmm. so that way she knows you know hey Ab, don't go flying in here like superman we we need you to save your body for rebounding not sacrificing it on a tip ball we lose, we lose a battle to win the war exactly exactly Mike well speaking of Clara Swearington uh we We've already talked about the front in that game uh, pretty much on Monday. We won't get back into that, but we do want to make note of the fact that she does go into that game on Monday, eight points shy now of 1,000 in her career. We thought she'd get it done during the tournament. If she hadn't gotten in foul trouble on Saturday, may have done that. Definitely. Uh, but uh, now goes into the game back in front neck on Monday, eight points shy. Odds are pretty good she's going to get that done on Monday. You know, I hope so. You know, and I, I don't want to jinx it, obviously, but Clara, I, I don't know if she even really knows how close she is, Mike, but she does uh, now. She does now. If she's listening to <laughs> this your eight points all right don't think about it just play ball girl but uh you, you know she that's a huge milestone but that could be stress related too you know thinking okay i'm eight points and you just you just want to get it done and over with because I, I i know clara she isn't thinking about a thousand points she's thinking about winning a basketball game for her teammates and that's what that's what she wants to do and so when you add a little bit of extra stress and maybe pressure or, or at least she thinks there's there's pressure there it could change your shot sometimes and and maybe even your shot selection but uh you know i, I really hope it happens on monday get that weight off her back and and just take that that sigh of relief and, and continue to move on uh but we, we you know we don't want that to go unnoticed because as a junior scoring a thousand points uh, that that's a big deal and, and once again we talk about the caliber of, of clara and what she brings and and why she's the mvp you're seeing why i mean mm-hmm. eight points away from a thousand as a junior she is she has put a lot of work into her game, and so uh, you know I hope it happens so that way it's done and o- and over with, and she doesn't feel that that extra stress, and we can just go back to, to focusing on basketball only. Yeah, exactly, I was going to mention you know, there are several players who get to a thousand points, but not many of them do it as, do it in their junior year. So that certainly isn't a team. But one other quick thing before we close out, we need to let you go. Uh, that is, uh, you do have a game, a game at home on Tuesday against the Osho's Lady Wildcats out of the COC. So any quick thoughts on the Osho when you finally get back home on Tuesday? Well, I mean, one, it's going to be great to get back home after these these four games that we played from the Frontenac tournament and then going back to Frontenac on Monday. Um, but I, I haven't watched a lot of film. I just turned it on a little bit. Uh, but, you know, we saw them in the uh, Carl Junction tournament, and they did a good job. They're a pretty scrappy team. I think they're sitting right around 500. Uh, they got two girls that really stand out to me. They got a left-handed shooter, number 24, and then they got a 
a, a true, I say a true post player six footer because you know we kind of stretch ours a little bit, but no. <laughs> but uh, they do got a true six footer on the inside. I know that's what when they they call that Blue Springs girl who says she was six foot, and then you call Abby Hethman who's six foot, and yeah. Ab's a couple inches shorter. We're like, uh, uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> but Neosho does have a true six footer, and, and she's she's tough. And, you know, she made the all tournament team at Carl Junction. Uh, she's a scrappy player. Uh, she could score obviously. Down around the uh, the block, and uh, you know those little bunnies that that uh, a lot of those post players can't score. So we got to do a good job there, and then obviously rebounding, Mike. We can't give them second, third opportunities, and so. Uh, what stood out to me from the, the films that I, I have watched, just a little bit of them, uh, they hustle. They play hard. But once again, Mike, it's not like it's, it's anything that we haven't seen. They're not going to throw any new defense out there that we haven't seen. Uh, I, I feel like the strength of our schedule uh, is a lot like theirs. They are in the COC, so they play a very tough schedule too. Uh, so it's going to be a great competition. And then, you know, after we play the, the Frontenac tournament and then come back with Frontenac and Neosho, we go back to conference play. And so we're, we're playing these, these teams and, and setting our schedule up this way so that way we can continue to be um, competitive in conference and district as well. And so hopefully this final push after this, this good needed break um, this week and, and really uh, just, you know, critiquing a couple things here and there with ourselves that when we get back to play on Monday that we're ready to go. Yep, look forward to it. I'm sure the girls will be anxious to get back into game action after a week of practice. So uh, look forward to it on Monday and Tuesday. Again, at Frontenac on Monday and then uh, Tuesday at home against Neosha. We'll tell you about the broadcast plans in the final segment of the show since uh, the girls are going to back to Frontenac and I've been very vocal about my video issues there and uh, the boys and girls play in different locations on Tuesday. So we'll get all that lined out for you on the final segment. But in the meantime, Blake, thank you very much. For, uh, good luck and uh, congratulations on a very good Friday night tournament and we'll see you on Monday. Sounds great, Mike. Thanks. We appreciate it. That's Nevada Head Coach Blake Howarth when we come back. Boys Basketball Head Coach Sean Gray and that'll be coming up next after this time out on Tiger Talk. There's a spirit going around here that we all share. We find solutions. Sometimes we make a suggestion that is somewhat different than your initial loan request. We don't just hand down a decision from on high that doesn't consider all the options. First National Bank, Nevada. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Funeral Home is proud to have served the Nevada and surrounding area since 1925 and continues to be locally owned and family run. Ferry Funeral Home is also a proud supporter of the area's youth and Nevada high school athletics. When times are hard and you need a kind hand with a familiar face, count on Ferry Funeral Home for the sincerity your family deserves. Ferry Funeral Home, three generations finding a better way to help. 301 South Washington in Nevada. Find them fast in names and numbers. It's time for the Thorpe's Appliances Tiger Teammate of the Week. Woo! This week's Tiger Teammate is 8th grader Will Jackson. Will's position is guard for the 8th grade Tiger basketball squad. Three things that sum up Mr. Jackson are his positive attitude, all-out effort, and his coachability. Will is always looking for opportunities to help his team be successful and not only leads on the court, but off the court as well. Keep up the great work, Will. Nevada Tiger Teammates of the Week are brought to you by Thorpe's Appliances, 114th North Cedar in Nevada. Proud supporter of Nevada Tiger Athletics. 
It's cold outside and it might be time to think about visiting Sutherland's home base of Nevada. With all sorts of products from power tools to remodeling items, they have everything you need to get those indoor projects done. Plus, always remember, Sutherland's home base is the right place to find what you need no matter what the temperature. Great products, great people, low prices. Sutherland's home base, 2101 East Austin, Nevada. Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight on this Wednesday night as we turn our attention now to the boys basketball program of uh, head coach Sean Gray. Tigers like the Lady Tigers involved with the four state Raider Classic at Frontenac last uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Unlike the girls, they don't have to go back on Monday, but uh, they've got their own action coming up on Friday at home against Carthage and then on the road back in Big 8 West play next Tuesday at Monette. We'll talk about those two upcoming games in a bit, but first we touch on the Frontenac tournament. And uh, Sean, just like last year, finished seventh place when the last day against Owensville, I Ironically enough, against the same uh, same team. Obviously, a very competitive tournament. You had a tough first round draw and uh, against Web City. But uh, your overall impressions of your team's play over those three days? Yep, Mike. There were definitely some bright spots during the tournament, and, and things that we could pull some positives from. We didn't feel like the tournament was necessarily like you t- talked about a tough first round draw. I don't know if they bracketed it or what, but it maybe wasn't necessarily set up traditionally the way that. We thought it should have been, but we looked at that first game against Web City as an opportunity to play a uh, an athletic uh, ball club that was going to make us better, and we really came out, and I thought were the more aggressive, um, harder-playing team for most of the first half. Web City was struggling to score, and I think in large part due to our pack line defense, uh, we were just going to try to make their second, third, and fourth uh, fifth best shooters shoot the ball and, and it took them some while to adjust, but they did. And unfortunately the turnover bug hit us in that game and Web City speed and athleticism, uh, got to us there just a little bit, but, uh, definitely drew some bright spots from that game with our energy and our effort, um, and how against an athletic team like that in the half court, we were able to defend them really well. Yeah, 25-25 at halftime. It was a very competitive game. Uh, you mentioned Alex Martin. You held him to nine points in the first half. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Alex Martin, uh, Baron Duda hadn't scored uh, by halftime. So, so yeah, your game plan was certainly working until they, they finally got it going in the third quarter. It was. Duda had been their leading scorer going in, and to hold him scoreless in the first half was big for us. Martin, really in the half court, we held him in check really, really well also, but... Um, it was in transition. He started to outrun us down the floor and we started to see late in the second quarter and then into the second half how just that speed did start to wear on us and we couldn't secure the ball. But we're, we've, that, that just gave us a great example to preach to our guys that if we can make things a half court basketball game, we can be really good defensively and, and give some teams some problems, which as, you know, as the games progress and as here in a little bit we'll talk about, we saw that last night. Yeah, and then you you accumulate seven trades in the first half, 21 of your 25 points from beyond the arc. When you're playing a team with size and athleticism, sometimes you just have to make that adjustment. And, you know, we weren't going to win a lot of one-on-one battles attacking the basket. Martin inside was going to be tough for us to score against if, if we got that matchup. So we knew we'd probably have to get those threes but what we still wanted to do is make them guard, make them play defense, 
Don't come down and take the first quick three you can get. Come down and, and work and work and work. And then eventually, when you get a really good look from a good shooter, let it fly. And uh, luckily for us, I thought in large part we did that, and guys were able to capitalize. Web City would go on to the championship game, in case you hadn't heard. Uh, they did lose the championship game to Santa Fe High School out of Edmond, Oklahoma. And I uh, don't have the exact score in front of me, but it was about 11, 13-point ball game by the time it was all said and done. We're going to kind of hit the highlights on all these games. we got a lot to cover in a short amount of time. So in uh, semifinals on Friday, you take on the Seneca Indians, who you just saw a couple of days earlier uh, on Tuesday prior to the Friday matchup. And... Uh, of course, um, I just now looked at the score sheet for the first time. Ben Aberg did the game for me. He didn't write the final score in there. Oh, I do remember. 66-65. Yeah. I kind of forget that. I know you haven't forgot. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, one point loss in a game that you led about, uh, 97% of it. Yeah. You said we can hit the highlights, Mike. Uh, <laughs> we can glaze over this one pretty quickly. Uh, j- played really well. You know, people remember that the, the Tuesday before that we had played Seneca at home. One of our, more lackluster efforts of the year, we thought, and really just came out of the gate playing inspired, good basketball, and, and did a ton of good things. Again, the turnover bug bit us um, in the in the third and fourth quarters against Seneca, and hats off to Seneca. They hit some big shots and big moments. You know, Hats off to Drew Beachler. He came down in a, in a clutch situation and made a couple free throws um, to, to put us back ahead. And then, um, again, Seneca drove to the basket and scored. And then I was really proud of our guys with eight seconds left. We executed. We broke the pressure. We got down into the lane, and you can't control some of the 50-50 calls if the whistle blows or not. Um, we looked at film where maybe we had a pitch-back open shooter that maybe we could could look at in the future, but uh, put ourselves in position to win that ball game and uh, going to try to really learn from, from that so that if we're in that position again, we can hold out and come out on top. Yeah, you really played well, especially in the first half. I had an 11-point lead at half. I, I saw the first half before I had to go over and get ready for the girls' game and the other gymnasium there at Frontenac, but uh, first half really couldn't have gone much better for you. Yeah, we we took the things that hurt us in the first matchup against Seneca and really thought we made the adjustments and and were the, the more aggressive team on offense. And then we were the team that just controlled the game, and that carried into the third quarter for a while before I think Seneca got that sense of urgency that they needed to make something happen um, through traps and turnovers. And, again, sometimes the whistle didn't blow. We didn't make that adjustment like we needed to. An unfortunate loss for Nevada uh, with a tight ball game, but uh, that's in Nevada to the seventh place game at Frontenac on Saturday. Nevada's had pretty good, pretty good luck this season on Saturday morning games, and uh, and this one was no different. Fifty-seven to forty, the final. Nevada for the second straight year beats the Owensville Dutchman uh, out of the central part of Missouri, and uh, game looked like yeah, pretty well, pretty much. Again, I didn't see a lot of it. I was dealing with some uh, other issues, getting ready for the girls' championship game, but uh, the small part I saw looked like pretty much I control this one from start to finish. We did, Mike, and after a tough loss, you've got two directions you can go. You can hang on to it, dwell on it, uh, feel sorry for yourself, you know, kind of come out uninspired, or you can use that as fuel and motivation and, and really just be be ticked off and, and want to prove to yourself and, and to each other that that's not who we are, that, that uh, the disappointment from the night before, that was the approach that our guys took, and we knew that. We, we or we felt very confident that that would be our approach given given the guys that we have and came out and just defended our tails off at both ends of the 
uh, excuse me, defended our tails off for four quarters, both halves, and made it tough on Owensville to score. And we were able to turn a lot of that defense into offense going the other way. Yeah, it might have been even a little bit understandable if uh, maybe the Daubers were down a little bit after such a tough loss uh, the night before. And, and talking to you uh, afterwards, you indicated that wasn't the case. Your team came out inspired and ready to go. Yeah, and that's what we told them. We said, you've got two directions you can go. You can be down in the dumps over this and, and play like that, or you can try to flush it out of the system and use this game to really erase all those bad feelings, and that, that's definitely what we did, and we're really proud of them for that. And one of the things that came out of the the tournament at Frontenac was the fact you uh, you um, maybe some was forced, maybe some was not, but you had to go a little bit deeper onto your bench. Uh, uh, you didn't have Caden Clump available for the three days, and then just through other circumstances, the JV tournament going on had to fluctuate your uh, your roster a little bit. And some guys got some time that uh, hopefully will come will pay dividends down the road. Yeah, I think that was a big benefit for us, Mike. Uh, Gabe Smith got more minutes uh, than he's seen to this point. We were able to get Kellen Braden in a little bit like we've been trying to do up until this point. Kellen Ost came in and proved that when needed, he can defend and bang around and rebound inside. So that was good for us, and that will be a benefit uh, going forward for sure. Well, 57-40 was uh, the final on Saturday, so Nevada finishes on a good note. Always a good time over at uh, Frontenac. Girls get to the second uh, get second out of that tournament. And again, uh, always a good tournament, uh, even though Nevada got a bit of a tough draw on Thursday. We all know that. But uh, it's uh, but a short trip for our fans, and uh, and uh, and we saw a lot of them down there over those three days. It was a good trip, Mike, and I, I was really pleased with the way that our fans traveled. It's a good opportunity. Our fans can watch both teams enjoy some southeast Kansas cuisine while they're down there. The the Baptist bird, as they call it at my at my church, Mike. Um, and, uh, and and you know it. They had a change in in administration down there. A new AD that had a couple kinks, namely the, the way they set the bracket up, but. Other than that, they did a good job, and we'll, we'll look forward to going back next year as well. Absolutely. Well, Nevada finishes that off, and they get right back at it last night. Very good night last night on the road. COC play. But Nevada was one of the few games that got in last night. A lot of games down that part of the state were, were postponed because of the weather, which they did get worse uh, down in the, around I-44 and south of there. But uh, Nevada makes the trip worthwhile. A 70-50 to win against the Carl Junction Bulldogs last night. And uh, uh, you actually had set your I, – I had said last night that you surpassed the mark of Clinton at 63, but uh, your your mischief page wasn't updated yet with the scores from uh, from the tournament, so I didn't have the Seneca score in there, but you actually had a little bit higher total against Seneca, but still, your high water mark for the season was 70 points, and I don't know when we first started visiting about this season if you'd even see 70 this year in a game, but uh, what you did last night, shooting uh, 50% from the field, over 40% from beyond the arc. Yeah, it was, it was fun to see our guys... Um, knock down shots early and then just continue to look for each other and look for those shots as the game went along. And you alluded to this, Mike, that we were able to get our game in when, when a lot of schools were not. I just, I'd like to mention that I thought our administration, I thought Carl Junction's administration did a good job of having some foresight, looking at things and, and using best judgment, erring on the side of caution. We were disappointed not to get to play our freshman mm-hmm. game. Our freshmen, our parents, um, you're disappointed in that, but, and you look back and maybe you leave and the roads are fine and then, and it's snowing, but it's not sticking. And you think, well, we probably could have played that game. Mm-hmm. Well, we're lucky that we even got to play at all because yeah. a lot of schools did cancel. And when you're an administrator, you have to err on the side of caution, a lot of those things. So, uh, just hats off to, to CJ and, and Nevada admin for allowing us to get that in. 
we've been talking today, our freshmen are going to be able to get that game made up mm-hmm. because that's a game they're looking forward to. But able to get it in, and then our guys just came out and, and flat out, I heard Coach Polk, I think in the Joplin Globe, just said that he thought Nevada played harder. So I would never, I, I, and I'm not going to say that their kids didn't play hard, but we preach that. And, and if at the end of the day, if nothing else goes right, we want our fan base to watch a game and think the Nevada Tigers play and give it all they've got. That was the case, as it is most nights. But then it sure does help when the ball goes in the hoop, especially from the perimeter. And I thought a big key, Mike, not just the made threes, because we've had games where we've made eight or nine threes before. I thought a big key was in transition. We were able to finish some buckets that haven't been falling for us to this point. Um, and then you combine that with a lot of made free throws, and you get that high point total. Yeah, I got to the free throw line 28 times last night, made 17 of them, and there were some misses late. Uh, some uh, uh, some players got in late that were cold coming off the bench, so about four misses there. So really a good night at the free throw line. And that's kind of been a, a pretty steady uh, thing for you here lately, late in ball games. As I look at our and I don't, I'm going to knock on wood here, but as I look at our team's free throw shooting percentage, Mike, um, we just have a lot of, we don't have anyone shooting 90% from the line or anything crazy like that. You know, Clay Gaiman and Logan Applegate were in the 80% at different times during their careers, but we've got a lot of guys in that 70 percentile range that are pretty solid. Um, and we've, we've proven that, you know, if, if we'll make those, we'll give ourselves a chance. And then late in games when you have a lead, if you can knock those in in the fourth quarter, you can sure make things easier on yourself. So that was a big part of it. Well, big scoring nights. Uh, four guys, again, in double figures last night. Jack Cheney led the way with uh, 21 points. Katie Beeshore, 16. Both of them had four trays. Drew Beeshore, 13. Bryce Bud, 10. So obviously good balanced scoring, even with uh, Cheney picking up 21. It was balanced scoring for us. And they were zoning us early, which allowed us to find some of those open shots. And then I thought Jack did more of penetration type stuff against the zone and he did more of maybe looking to score in the mid-range as well and 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 we don't want to just settle for mid-range jumpers but jack's a guy that has that unique combination of shooting and driving ability that we've we've kind of talked to him about looking to score a little more and it was nice to see that and hopefully that's a spark for him and he can ride that wave going forward i'd also like to mention really shook Got the start last night. I'm not sure if that was his first start of his career or not. It it very well could have been. Um, but he's been a guy that's made a lot of shots for us. I don't know that he made a shot last night, but he had, he drew three charges. Had one free throw. Made a free throw, yep. But those three charges that he drew were huge because you're drawing fouls on your opponent's better players. And a big momentum changer. And he leads us in charges taken this year, uh, which is just enormous. And uh, really proud of the way he played in his first start. You were like me when we first – and we got the box score just before you got in here to record your segment today. And I was – like you, I was curious about the turnover numbers. And it was only seven. And, I, and I'm I'm – my hand raised. I think all seven came within three minutes of each other uh, in that first half. We did. Have, I, I, I did. I don't. I don't like to use a lot of early timeouts, Mike. I like to try to save those for the second half and maybe use them when we need to to catch our breath a little bit. But we did have to call a timeout because we were just throwing the thing, to, and that's what CJ's press. They wanted to steal the pass. They weren't necessarily trapping the dr- dribble and causing us trouble there. So. Luckily, that was a short stint in the game, and 
anytime you can turn it over less than 10 times in a game, you've got a pretty good chance to win because you're just limiting the other team's easy scoring opportunities. Really good job of ball security for us for almost the entire game. Yeah, and in fact, uh, when you take a look at it, uh, we dig, they had 15 turnovers, and uh, you had uh, 17 points off turnovers. They had just eight. Uh, they didn't really take advantage of your turnovers that you had early. So uh, good point production off those turnovers. It was, and that goes back to that being able to capitalize off of the turnovers. You know, last year, Mike, we started to incorporate more pressing zone and man press stuff than than we had in previous years, and we just got halfway through the season and thought we're we're forcing turnovers, but we're not getting any more points out of it. Where our fouls are going up a little bit, the speed of the game's going up a little bit, but we're not benefiting from those turnovers and getting points. So we kind of had to start going away from pressing, just because we weren't reaping the benefits. Last night was a night when we did get turnovers, we capitalized on them. And if, if we'll continue to do that, pressing and pressuring and, and getting out and getting some steals is something that we can use as a as a tool at different points down the stretch here in the season. Well, debated now 8-11 and 11 on the season. Got two games coming up in the next week. We need to touch on those, plus a special event coming up on Friday. And then uh, we record these uh, interviews during the day for the basketball coaches. i got to get Coach back to class here in a second. So we're, uh, but we want, want to make sure we have enough time to talk about what's going to happen on Friday besides basketball. And uh, the Cardinals Tigers, we'll touch on that first. Cardinals Tigers come in. Uh, they'll come in sporting a, a tenant seven record again clc schedule got to take that into account we saw them at the the carthage tournament uh which they picked up the victory in uh 66 50 but you did get a win against carthage a year ago uh 70 to 60 in the same game on the schedule last season so uh what do we look for when the carthage comes calling on friday to win gymnasium they've got a lot of balance mike they've got three or four guards that can all shoot it all drive it and similar to Seneca, they, they don't really have anyone you can't guard. They don't have a ton of size, um, but just five threatening basketball players on the floor at all times. And then they take advantage of that kind of balance, and they'll get out and guard at the other end. They'll try to create turnovers and turn those into points. They'll zone press. They'll man press. And, and they've got enough size and athleticism that they will switch throughout their lineup and make it tough on you. So we've got to guard the three-point line. Justin Ray can light it up from out there. We've we've seen him. You I think you saw him in yeah. person get hot out there. And then Max Templeman, their lead guard, their point guard, he can get hot and get downhill in a hurry. We'll have to limit those two, but their role players are pretty good. Their role players can can knock down threes as well. So they're stopping their two main players taking care of the ball against their pressure, and then not letting those role players have career nights. I think that's the recipe for success. Yeah, I sent you a text. I was over at the Rolla Tournament. My son, Connor, was doing play-by-play for Waynesville over there, and I sent you uh, – uh, they weren't playing Carthage. My son was doing Carthage play-by-play, filling in for somebody. Uh, but I sent you a text, and he had, I think it was like eight trays in the mm-hmm. first half. And uh, uh, and uh, is he a streaky shooter or somebody who's pretty consistent? He's consistent, and it's funny. You go play in a tournament like that – they may play an opponent that just kind of goes into the game. We're just going to guard these guys straight up. A lot of the nights you'll see, well, oh, he only had eight points or he only had nine points. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because of the way he was guarded. And teams know that he is capable of having those explosive three-point shooting nights. So teams really work hard to take those away. Well, that just opens stuff up for all of their other players. So it's, it's kind of a catch-22. We don't want him to shoot the three, but they've got a lot of other pieces and a lot of other players that can do some good things, too. So we can't just guard him from that three-point line and forget about everyone else. Well, debate looks forward to the matchup on Friday night. Uh, and as I mentioned, there's other stuff going on besides basketball. Tell us about that. Um, it's going to be Hoops for Hunter nights. Um, Hunter Mason, Nevada High School alum, um, had a, a tragic 
lost a tragic battle with brain cancer. Um, and really, they've got a foundation, the Hunter Mason Foundation, that supports a lot of different organizations. They do a lot of worthwhile stuff. So that organization is going to, to be out in full force Friday night, selling T-shirts, having raffles. And, you know, our, our players are going to wear the Hoops for Hunter or the Live Like Hunter shirts because one thing that, that makes this so special is who Hunter Mason was um, as a young man. And, and we, a lot of us will remember who, who he was on the football field. He was a, a starter for two years for us on the basketball court in 2017 and 2018 on some of the better teams we've ever had here at Nevada High School. But who he was as a teammate, who he was as a young man, um, the way he lived his life, his devotion and passion, uh, those are the lessons and the things that we want to remember most, even more so than the athletic stuff. Um, and that's kind of what that foundation's goal is. So uh, hopefully, you know, people that are there, what, who was Hunter Mason? What was this? You know, and, and hopefully that legacy continues to grow and continues to spread and uh, should be a very special night. Uh, we're going to have a jersey dedication. We have his high school jersey um, that, that we're going to give to his, his parents, Mark and Carrie. Uh, who are great supporters in Veda Athletics and uh, are good as gold. So uh, get out there if you can. I believe that's a 4.30 start with the C-team freshman game, rolling through probably 6 o'clock and, and then probably 7.15, 7.30 for the varsity game. So we'd love to see a good crowd out there for, like what you said, Mike, will be a special night. That'll be all at Wynn Gymnasium on Friday, so to see a big crowd out there uh, at the uh, gymnasium at Nevada High School on Friday. If one other game to talk about, that'll be next Tuesday when Nevada gets back into Big 8 West play. It'll be on the road at Monette against the Cubs uh, next Tuesday night. I have not uh, contacted Athletic Director Daryl Bradley yet, but I'm going to assume it's going to be at the middle school gym at Monette next Tuesday. They had a, uh, seems to be an epidemic this year with water line breaks, uh, but uh, they had a water line break in their school. They had to re- completely replace their gym floor at the high school. School and uh, we played the girls' middle school game at the middle or the girls' game at the middle school. And I was told then that uh, they were just hoping to have it ready for districts, which may be a bit of a stretch too. But at any rate, that being said, um, middle school gym is actually not bad. I've, I don't know if you've ever been in there. It's, it's not a bad facility. It's just it's just an older high school gym is what it is. But at any rate, let's talk about Monette. Uh, the Cubs uh, seem to be a program that's improving. And uh, what have you seen out of them this year? They're solid. They've got a really good guard in Blaine Salzman. Um, that can light it up from the three-point line. They've been just up and down throughout the year. They get some wins, and you think that's a really good win, and then maybe they drop a game that you think maybe they shouldn't have dropped. But they've got good balance. They've got a couple post players that I've seen have double-figure scoring games. Um, but it all starts with the Salzman kid and his ability to score points from the perimeter. If we can limit that and then not let those big kids get stuff around the basket, I think we can guard a Mike. Um now, they do have a lot of length and size, so we're going to have to work hard to score at the other end. And, you know, the the middle school gym, I think that was just their old high school. Yes, they like. So, it, you know, that will be a fine environment. I don't think that will have anything necessarily to do with it. Um, a little more old school. If anything, and talking to a couple people, they think that, you know, the same amount of fans, if apples are to apples, mm-hmm. it maybe makes for a little better atmosphere because Monet has a nice, a big gym. That one reason they were probably selected to host their district tournament. They can fit a lot of people in there. But you get a Tuesday night road trip where, you know, there have been nights where we've brought more fans than they've had. Um, and, and 
when you're across the way up on the mezzanine and I can hear your play-by-play, <laughs> it doesn't make for a super exciting or, for them, a good home court advantage. They think they might have a better home court advantage in that old facility. So we'll, we'll have to just go down there, and, and our fans will travel well, I'm sure, and, and uh, give it our give it our best. And we, we've talked about everything's in front of us as far as the Big 8 West is concerned. We're 2-1. and one. We've put ourselves in a position that if we take care of business the rest of the way, we can, we can win the Big 8 West. So that will begin in earnest on Tuesday night at Monette. Good chance you'll hear me. I'm at floor level, not middle school, Jim. <laughs> so, we, we enjoy hearing you, Mike, as long as you've got good things to I say. I will be across the way from you, but uh, that'll be on Tuesday night. And then, of course, as we talked about on last night's post game, you're kind of getting that stretch now in these final, oh, what, three or four weeks now of the regular season where routine schedule, Tuesday, Friday, pretty, uh, pretty uh, uh, not routine, but rather uh, uh, consistent schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm sure that helps you out in getting your practices in, get, get game prep done and, and ready to go and then you've got you know that gap between the end of the regular season and districts just over a week as a matter of fact unless we have a makeup date that pops in there but uh so but anyway a chance to kind of get a routine going yep and we're looking forward to that um you know you just i think routine and, and getting in a groove is very important for our guys as as we come down the home stretch and almost all of the games the rest of the way either have district or conference title um implications so uh they become pretty important, and that's what we've talked about. It's a little bit of a gauntlet of a schedule at different points in December and January, and there's a reason for that because we want to be built for what's ahead of us, and uh, hopefully it's some of our best basketball. All right, look forward to it. Again, Nevada at uh, on the at home on Friday against Carthage and on the road next Tuesday at Monette, and we'll come back and talk about those games on next week's program. Keep things going, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yep, looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray. When we come back, it's wrestling. Ben Aberg talks with Head Coach Forrest Jury after this timeout on Tiger Talk. Bad Boy tractors are born from the legendary Bad Boy mowers from 20 to 35 horsepower, subcompact to midsize. Bad Boy combines power, performance, comfort, and as always, builds strength to deliver the workhorse dependability you need to get the job done and done right. Homeowner, landscaper, or rancher, there's a Bad Boy tractor for you too. Work with an attitude. See the new Bad Boy tractors at R&R Equipment in Nevada, Missouri and Fort Scott and Greeley, Kansas. Work with an attitude. Dr. Jason Meisenheimer at Nevada Chiropractic Clinic wants all adults to know that if you suffer from pain and are over the age of 21, he's an adult Medicare provider and can help you relieve that pain you've been living with. Plus, take a moment and talk with Dr. Meisenheimer about the different services he provides to help you reach your goal of living a comfortable, pain-free life. Come by and visit with his staff and himself, Dr. Jason Meisenheimer and Nevada Chiropractic Clinic at 1229 East Austin or give them a call 417-667-3699. The plumbing shop in Nevada would like to announce that they're your Navian hot water dealer. Navian systems offer more output for the money, lower installation costs, and lower operating costs for the homeowner. The plumbing shop also specializes in mostly commercial and new home builds. For a new Navian system in your commercial property or residential home, contact the plumbing shop at 417-667-1319. Keeping you out of hot water by keeping you in hot water. 
Henry Truck Stop is known throughout the area as a great place to eat breakfast, and their daily lunch specials for only $7.49 are spot-on delicious. Did you know they're also known for their Friday and Saturday night steak specials? Check this out. Every Friday and Saturday night, you can get an 8-ounce sirloin steak for only $20.95 or a 12-ounce ribeye for only $22.95. Both come with your choice of baked or sweet potato, vegetable, salad, and roll. Emory's Truck Stop, Highway 54 in Deerfield, Missouri. Forrest Drury joining us here talking Nevada Wrestling on Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Thanks once again for coming along. You bet. Thanks for having me in, Ben. Yeah, back. Well, it's... I just noticed we were talking before we got on. It's the last one of January that we'll have as things kind of fly fly by a little bit here. And it's been a busy time for you. Let's first of all uh, talk about the boys. What's... Uh, I know we'll talk about the action last night, but what's uh, the last week been like uh, for the schedule? Well, we on Friday, the boys were down at Cassville for the Big 8 Conference Tournament, and we had um, several earn all-conference honors and mm-hmm. thought just overall we, we had a really good showing at our conference tournament, thought our boys really wrestled well. Um, but... Yeah, so that was a good night. Um, Corbin McNeil really impressed me down there. He pretty exciting. He got his first uh, varsity win down there at the conference tournament, and mm-hmm. actually turned that into two wins. So um, that was a lot of fun to see. And then um, Tyler Longabardi placed second at his weight class, and Joe Fonstock placed third. Braden Koenig placed third, and Kenneth Johnson placed third to. All earn all conference honors. So, yeah, it was a good tournament. And then, like you said, uh, we we had a duel against Pittsburgh last night. Yeah, and uh, again, you know, talked a little bit about uh, big eight tournaments as well. But uh, last night it was badly uh, contested as well. Can you talk about uh, you know what was uh, you know what are some of the things that you kind of saw from the wrestlers for Nevada? Yeah, going into the night. We knew that we were going to need to score points at the end of periods. You know, we we were going to need pins whenever we could get Pittsburgh on their back, and we were going to have to stay off our back to to keep it close in that team team race. And Pittsburgh was a team that last year beat us. I think it was sixty. I think maybe sixty four to eighteen uh, was the score last year. So they kind of took it to us last year, and so. We knew they were going to be another tough challenge coming in, and so just con- continue to focus on building on our technique and like scoring at the end of periods and just having that hardworking, dominant-style wrestling that um, we try to practice every day. And so, yeah, you know, came down to kind of the last two matches, and uh, Kenny was able to keep his match a uh, a minor decision, and then Skyler Meshek was able to go out there and tie up the duel. And mm-hmm. so, believe it or not, in wrestling, uh, with 14 weight classes, there actually is quite often, um, maybe not quite often, but yeah. there are several times that you'll end uh, the duel meet in a tie. And so the rule book has uh, several different criterias of if it's a tie you look at these things first and and kind of go down the list and whichever one breaks the tie first is declared the winner and so uh last night you know we the the criteria went in our favor and so we were able to get the the dual win so that was really 
a big a big win for us, especially kind of considering last year. And so, um, yeah, saw a lot of good things on the mat. Yeah, he talked a little bit about how some of those uh, late matches kind of helped helped force force that issue to come up. But uh, what what else did you kind of see uh, prior to that to to get it to that point where it was uh, within reach? Yeah, the you know Corbin Neal once again uh, continued his little win streak going on, and um, he got a pin at the 113 class. Joe Fonstock wrestled a really tough kid. And um, kept that a tight match. He ended up losing, but um, was able to keep that a minor decision, which saves points. And let's see, Braden Koenig had a really tough match at 150 pounds and basically won it in the last five seconds of the match, was able to score a escape point right at the end of the third period and, and get an escape. And... Tyler Longabardi had a, a big pin, and let's see, Jeremy Rivas actually, <laughs> he had a, a really tough match and was doing really well, ended up kind of throwing the Pittsburgh wrestler off his game quite a bit, and he, the Pittsburgh wrestler kind of got a little upset and angry and had a couple unsportsmanlike penalties against him. And, um, you know, Jeremy maintained his composure and ended up losing that match. But that was one of those factors in criteria that plays a role if the team ties. And so by Pittsburgh having some unsportsmanlike uh, calls against them, that, you know, helped us at the end of the match as well. So, you know, Jeremy not retaliating to his opponent was was really big in that situation so yeah those were kind of some some things that were really big on the night and like i said just scoring at the end of the periods and just wrestling tough through battling through positions um, especially some of those younger kids was really good to see yeah so busy looks like a busy stretch right now for uh, tiger wrestling uh, what do you got uh, coming up tomorrow what are you preparing for Tomorrow we're going to be up in Harrisonville, and that's going to be another really good duel for us. Uh, we haven't seen Harrisonville for the last couple of years, but you know, just looking up on paper, it's it's going to be another tight duel. Uh, probably going to come down to one or two matches again. So hoping to to get a team win up there, and you know, continue to see our kids wrestling tough, score importance at the end of the period. We've been focusing on making sure that we keep our opponents down and keeping their weight on their hands and working our pinning combinations. So continue to see improvement there. And excited, excited to go up there. You know, they, um, it, it looks like with weather and everything, they're going to be able to have, have it. So that should be a good, good night for us. Yeah, should be good then, and then uh, believe Saturday, and then early next week as well. It's still continuing on, getting this getting this stretch here as we will soon enough close out uh, January. Right? Yeah, yeah. We were able to reschedule um, a tournament. We had mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year we had scheduled kind of this weekend off to have a little bit of a break, but the way things turned out, I think it'll be good that we have a tournament this weekend. 
So we're going to be up in St. Joseph, Missouri and Benton High School. That's going to be a solid tournament. Be able to see some teams on the northern side of the state that we don't, don't run into real often. And then, like you said, on Tuesday, back in action again at Clinton High School. And that'll be an assembly duel. So that, okay. that's going to be fun. Uh, cool atmosphere. And we haven't dueled Clinton for a couple of years as well. I know they're a little bit down on their numbers, but they've got some, some quality kids wrestling for them. So, um, you know, hopefully go in there and take care of business and keep, Keep rolling, heading into districts. Yeah, it's a busy time right now for the Nevada Tiger wrestlers here. Again, talking with Forrest Drury on Double K Country on a Tiger Talk. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, Nevada girls. Again, it's been a busy time uh, since the last time we talked. I believe the uh, la- you know, last time we talked, uh, they were preparing for the uh, for the uh, conference tournament, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we recorded before that conference tournament. So that was uh, last Wednesday, and... Really saw our girls come out and compete well at that conference tournament. It was really neat to be able to have that at Nevada. Was really proud of how, you know, they competed, battled through positions, and we had, let's see, Avery Dawn, uh, earned first place, and Drew, uh, Lear also got first place, and as a team, uh, the girls finished in third place and, you know, we're right there out of first place, a couple matches out of first place. And let's see, uh, Sydney Baldwin got second. Teresa Don earned second at her weight class. Ella Hethman took second. And, um, yeah, I thought overall it was a really good tournament for the girls. And, you know, there was a, a couple matches that we were hoping would have maybe turned in our favor, but didn't go that that way. And so, continuing to just build and and work improvement. A lot of those girls, um, those those might be girls that we see again later on at districts. And so, you know, um, hopefully we can continue to build and and make improvements and get the better of them at districts. Yeah. So what are some of the improvements that uh, you know look to make at that time uh, in in that next time around? Right. Uh, Sydney Baldwin was another time wrestling the Marshfield girl, and that was for the championship mm-hmm. match at her weight class. And just continuing to to use her pressure to to finish her shots. The the Marshfield girls really good at at throwing a head and arm or, or a headlock move and is you know that's that's her go to move and Sydney knows that and uh, Sydney really took a really good shot and, and was in on the legs but just kind of let off pressure did not finish that shot and as a result ended up kind of in the perfect position for that Marshfield girl to to throw that headlock and so was was excited to see that Sydney took a shot there and you know continued to build working on finishing those shots uh, another wrestler i think of is ella she wrestled a girl from seneca for in in her match and a championship match and that seneca girl uh was somebody ella has seen this was the third time i think she wrestled her and and every time ella continues to improve uh, when she wrestles her and so uh you know for for ella it's just continuing to 
stay in good position. She took a really good shot, just couldn't finish it, and then um, kind of got caught in a weird spot. So um, for, for Ella, just continuing to be fluid on her feet and finishing those takedowns and and so, yeah, those are kind of some of the improvements. You know, continuing to improve on our feet is is big for the girls, as well as on bottom. Movement on bottom is what we're going to continue to focus on. And then uh, Nevada Lady Tiger um, wrestler got, uh, again, a busy week uh, last week into this week again. And uh, I believe Willard uh, had the action last Thursday. Yes. Yeah, they went down there for a dual meet with Willard. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so kind of back-to-back there. And that was a really cool event. That was not something originally on the schedule, but Willard had uh, a team drop off their schedule, so they contacted us, and we were able to uh, go down there, you know, thank thankful for our transportation that we were able to mm-hmm. find a bus and everything. And so girls went down there and got another team win, and... You know, the uh, another match that we talk about, seeing the same people again. Um, Ella, that was the third time she saw that girl from Willard and um, improved again. You know, I think last time she beat her by points, and this time Ella pinned her. So, um, saw a lot of good things down there. Um, big win from Drew, Drew Lear at heavyweight, and so... That was, that was a good good overall team win for them. Really proud of how they competed, you know, back-to-back days because that's not always easy, but, um, you know, it kind of shows their toughness. Yeah, and uh, again, talking to Veda Wrestling on Double K Country on Tiger Talk this evening. And the um, last night, again, win versus Pittsburgh and senior recognition as well last night. I don't know if that I mentioned that in the, the boys' side of things, but, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot going on at the gym last night. Yeah, yeah, and we've really been blessed with a really good group this year, good group of seniors. Uh, just one senior on the girls' team, Teresa Don. And then for the guys team, Skylar Mashek, Kenneth Johnson, uh, Blake Cox, Braden Koenig, and Joe Fonstock, and Jeremy Rivas are seniors on the guys side. And, you know, they've, they've done really well all year and was, you know, just excited, proud of them last night. Yeah, this kind of their last time wrestling in front of the, the Nevada crowd and, it was a really fun night, you know, had a great group, uh, just spectator, spectators there, big, big group overall, and, um, had a Hall of Fame introduction for Mitch Roll. That was really neat. Mm-hmm. And the youth wrestling club was there, and so just a fun environment to be in, and, um, the girls, you know, had a, had a really tough duel as well that against Pittsburgh. You know, heading into paper or heading into the duel on paper, it was we knew it was going to be really tight and kind of needed any win we could get, and saw the girls respond in a good way and come out on top, having another team victory. So, yeah, that was a really fun night, really fun experience. Um, Girls really competed well, and it was fun to to see them get another team victory. Another team victory for the Nevada Lady Tigers last night against uh, Pittsburgh. So, again, uh, you know, 
busy stretch last week with uh, back-to-back nights. Not back-to-back, but uh, back in action tomorrow again as well, just just as just like the boys. Too. Yes, yep. The girls are heading up to Harrisonville, and Harrisonville girls have a really solid lineup. You know, they've uh, it looks like they've got just about every weight class filled, and they've got some really high-caliber wrestlers. You know, they've they're a program in in past years that has placed in the top five at the state meet uh, as a team and several uh, state qualifiers and and medal earners and so excited for the opportunity to get up there and wrestle them on the girls side and um, you know it's just a good good duel to see kind of where we're at and i think it's going to be another uh, nail biter you know kind of come down to the wire type type duel so um yeah really excited for that one all right anything uh between that and next uh tuesday so the girls will be off on the weekend and so yeah they'll be up at clinton on tuesday all right and we'll have plenty to talk about uh about that next week as well here as uh, again we'll be into february the next time we talk yeah so i was looking at my cardinals calendar earlier looking at all those so yeah, time has kind of been flying this year. Yeah, it doesn't seem to slow down, does it? No, not a bit. So yeah. you know, thanks for coming along once again. You bet. Thanks for having us. We'll wrap up Tiger Talk and send it back to Mike Harbert after this. You're listening to Tiger Talk on Double K Country. It's time to ride and feel free on that ATV or UTV. Need help in choosing what's right for you? El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment is the headquarters for off-road fun. They can assist you in finding the right Arctic Cat, ATV, UTV, go-kart, or scooter, or SSR pit bikes. Plus, get your riding accessories, helmets, clothing, and more, including Fox brand. Check out their Green Mountain Grills and Country Flipper Mowers. El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, located at 3270 South Highway 32 and El Dorado Springs. Your headquarters for off-road fun. You've got to try Freddy's. Everything on the menu is cooked to order and prepared just the way you like it. Dine in or drive through and enjoy a double steak burger or a Chicago dog with their premium Wisconsin cheese curds and finish it off with one of their signature Guster Sundays. Locally owned and located at 305 South Johnson Drive, Freddy's is a proud sponsor of the Nevada R5 Booster Club. Go Tigers! Coast of choosing the best insurance company to protect your life's most valuable possessions, trust one of Missouri's oldest and strongest mutuals, CFM Insurance. I'm Monty Smith, owner of Smith Insurance, and I am proud to partner with CFM Insurance, who's provided strength, stability, and exceptional protection for Missouri families since 1869. I'm confident that together we can build your perfect CFM homeowners, farm owners, or countryside policy to protect what you've worked so hard to achieve generations to come. Let's grow together. Call 417-667-1828 for a quote or stop by our new office location at 100 South Pruitt Street, Suite B in Nevada. Have you always wanted dental insurance but can't receive it through your employer? Or maybe you have retired and no longer able to have company dental insurance. Well, here is some great news. Nevada Family Dentistry now carries their own membership plan. It's affordable and covers cleanings, exams, and routine x-rays, plus offers discounts on other procedures. It's easy to sign up and can provide coverage for the entire family. Come by the front desk at Nevada Family Dentistry, 402 East Walnut, or visit their website, nevadafamilydentistry.com, for more information. 
Well, that's it for Tiger Talk tonight here on KNEM and KNMO. Thanks for joining us tonight. Of course, thanks to our coaches for joining us. Nevada Lady Tiger Head Basketball Coach Blake Howarth, Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray, and also Head Wrestling Coach Forrest Drury. And uh, thanks to Ben Aberg for his contribution on the wrestling program tonight as well. Got quite a bit of activity coming your way over the next week until we, and before we visit next Wednesday night, including Friday night when the Nevada Tigers will be home to take on the Carthage Tigers. Uh, it should be a heck of a matchup. Nevada taking on the COC school and the Carthage will come in at 10 and 7 on the season. And not only that, but a lot of big activities going on on Friday. We talked about with head coach Sean Gray earlier in the program. Don't forget the Hoops for Hunter activities going on. Of course, the uh, tribute for Hunter Mason, the former Nevada Tiger who formerly uh, tragically lost his life due to brain cancer way too young. And uh, there's going to be a benefit going on there on Friday night, fundraiser for the uh, Hunter Mason Foundation. And so hope that you'll be out there and will be a part of that coming up on Friday. There's going to be t-shirt sales, be raffles, be some other things going on, and uh, we want to see a big crowd there on Friday night at Wynn Gymnasium. If you can't be there, I have the broadcast for you. Pre-game should begin about seven o'clock, seven seven fifteen, somewhere in that area. That'll be on ninety nine point nine FM, AM twelve forty KNEM, KNEM KNMO.com and the AM audio stream and with video coverage on NevadaMoTV.com. And then the first of the week again, we'll have uh, plenty of basketball. The Nevada Lady Tigers will be on the road at Frontenac to take on the Lady Raiders and a rematch of that semifinal game at the four-state Raider Classic at Frontenac last week, and uh, that'll be on Monday night. And then on Tuesday, we got split duties. The Nevada Lady Tigers will be home to take on the Osho, while the Nevada Tigers will be on the road at Monette to take on the Cubs. Anticipate that that will be at the Monette Middle School Gymnasium because of the gym replacement project that's been going on at Monette High School. We'll get final word on that here in the next day or two. But, of course, we'll have all those broadcasts. We'll let you know the broadcast plans as we make our way through over these next few days. And then, of course, make sure you're right back here next Wednesday night at 6.05 for our next Nevada Tiger Talk program. That's going to do it for tonight. Again, thanks to the coaches. Thanks to Ben Aberg. Thanks to you for joining us tonight. Until I talk to you next Wednesday night at 6.05, appreciate you joining us tonight for the Nevada Tiger Talk program on KNDM and KNMO. Don't forget, if you missed the live airing, you can always listen to it on our podcast channel the very next morning. I'll have it available on Thursday morning on uh, your on your podcast platform of choice, whether it be Spotify, Apple, no matter, iHeart, it's all there. And just look for it under Double K Country. That's it for tonight's program. Thanks for joining us for Tiger Talk on KNDM, KNMO. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Tiger Talk is brought to you each week by Compass Health Network, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, First National Bank, Max Motors, Sutherland's Home Base, Smith Insurance, 54 Feed and Seed, Buzz's Barbecue, Ferry Funeral Home, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, Nevada Chiropractic Clinic, R&R Equipment, Nevada Family Dentistry, The Plumbing Shop, and Briggs Auto. Join us Wednesday nights at 6.05 for Tiger Talk on your source for sports in southwest Missouri and southeast Kansas, AM 1240 KNEM and 97.5 FM KNMO in Nevada, Double K Country. Wow, <laughs> wow,